0: There is so much of our industry that's still paper-based and physical sector-based, and things going through the post or rekeying that has to be done. It's incredible.
1: Firstly, a warm welcome uh, to this the next in our series of podcasts entitled "A Sense of Identity." Um, today, I'm delighted to be joined by Anthony Rafferty, the CEO of Origo Services. Uh, so, firstly, Anthony, thanks for. Uh, coming on next Victor and uh, 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 participant.
0: Oh, it's, <laughs> a pleasure. it's a pleasure to be uh, you know spending time speaking to you Paul is always time you've spent so I'm delighted. To <laughs> Bless
1: you and me. I will give you the money and we'll give you the money as <laughs> I promise uh, when we next catch up. Um, I, 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 just just before we crack in I know we sort of talked about some of the subjects I was hoping we could cover. I, I, what I did want to do was um, you know we've known each other a long time people know we've known each other a long time um, you've worked in some big old life codes and they obviously moved into really exciting territory you know uh, or in and the uh, fs intact uh, 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 fintech business but um i was reflecting actually on my connection with Origo. which given the first question i asked you i thought might be a good entree so my interactions with Origo go back such a long time um i was th- i was thinking back and looking back on my records before we came into this session they actually date back to probably not far off when Origo's first set up, back in 89 or so, and the first message standards. I think we were the, a, a former business, like, whereby we were the first to adopt those standards. So for me, it's, you know, the, the ongoing relationship has been an absolute pleasure. You guys, I was great to, we have great fun chatting to each other, but there's a, a much more serious side to all of this, of course. So thought what might be a good place to start would be, if you could, for the audience, explain to those that are listening, and uh, as I say, thank thanks for thanks for doing this. Um, how OraGo came about, you know, a, a, and also in your eyes, because you, you've you know you've led a lot of change already. Um, how the business has evolved since way back then, but also under your tenure, if I may.
0: Uh, no, absolutely. It's, it's amazing how many people I um, do speak to who teach me about the history of our because you're right, I mean it was formed in 1989. That's the same year as the World Wide Web. So we we like to think of ourselves as the original fintech. And indeed, um, well, the reason it was set up was it was a, a group of I think four um providers, pension companies, insurance companies in the market, um, put some money in. And uh, the remit, I think, was to you know, look for opportunities to make this market more efficient. What can we do? that would be, you know, on a non-competing basis to make the market more efficient. So some of the stuff the business did in its early years was, um, so they wanted to create the exchange, you know, which is still there today. That was one of the things they did. It sold out many, many years ago. But more famously than that, actually, was that it created the, the standards, standards through which... Participants in the life pensions and investments markets interacted with each other online. Uh, and that's pretty much what it did for its you know, first decade was those data standards. And you would have worked with you know, Webline, you know, to, to connect with, with those. It no longer does that actually. That's now all run by Criterion, which is a separate business, is still owned by the Orgo's previous shareholders. But about 20, maybe 22 years ago. Um, Oracle uh, got into um, software as a service. Oh. And it very, very quickly became the main kind of essence of what the organization does. And so we're best known for a transfer service. So the Oracle Transfer Service used to be called Oracle Options. Some people still to uh-huh. it as that. Yeah. We rebranded uh, a few years ago, didn't spend anything on the rebranding, but so people still call it options, but Oracle Transfer Service... It's now, I think we think 95% of all defined contribution pensions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we do about a million a year, £46 billion worth last year. So that's our our biggest service. Now, the thing that um, some people don't know about Aurigo is that we also have another brand called Unipass. I remember when I got a job, I had a friend, I was living in Yorkshire, and I had a friend who was a financial advisor. And he said, oh, well done, an Aurigo job. Um, we use you for, for pension transfers. And I said, well, you probably use us for Unipass as well. And he lit up. See, that's not Oracle, is it? <laughs> yeah. So, so Financial Advisors, actually, Unipass brand is is better known than, than than Oracle. So we're now, you know, modern software as a service, FinTech. We've got eight services that we're just going to add a ninth um and the 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 common theme across all our services is that we we connect the financial services marketplace for the benefit yeah. of the market. So,
1: and, I Go on. and, I was say, and that, that was that was where I was sort of leaving with this because I think people do have a misconception or understanding of the of the breadth of that tool set you know, obviously I've been very familiar with Unipass and the unipass yeah. and Maloc and the integration of those pieces are you know proliferating out in the market that's that's fantastic but but that that wider tool set that, as you say, connects this financial services community. It, it taught me through, if you can, that year-to-pass piece and the part that plays in those tools. Because of course, for an advisor, my understanding was that there was always this, and still persists today, doesn't it? You know, um, trying to create some simplicity around access to tools, uh, websites, you know, um, uh, utilities within the, within the industry. Without uh, have a plethora of access points. So but but I know Unipass plays a part in, in the other tools. Can you can you share a bit more around that side of things?
0: Absolutely. certainly if you put yourself in the shoes of a financial advisor, it's incredible actually the number of organizations that they need to interact with or give access to systems of. And before UniPass identity, um it would have been username and password, and and having multiple, dozens and dozens and dozens of usernames and passwords. Yeah. Yeah. Issues of the platforms and the providers. They're having to, again in the olden days, having to manage their own secure login methodology to get access to portals and and back office and things like that. So Unipass Identity, we vet the finance advisor to make sure they are who they say they are and the firm that they work for, we give them a certificate, which is unique to them. So it's either on the machine or in the cloud or both, actually. And um, it gives them secure and frictionless access to, you know, multiple brands across, across the market. So they, they just, mm-hmm. just log in seamlessly. That's the whole essence of it, but securely. We think it's, what um, we well, know actually, it's used multiple times a day by eight out of 10 advisors.
1: Yeah, so and, 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 and actually that... That no, ubiquity on login—I mean, that's a problem that persists today, isn't it? You know, you know. I know. You know. Hopefully, people out there are using sort of password store systems and varying it. You know, there's this habit in there. People have lots of inboxes. You know, um, and lots of portals, and therefore, uh, you know, might share a password across more than one, which is an absolute no-no. But. But but I, but I think that also that there's a similarity in a the theme there because of course Unipass helps solve those problems in terms of the gatekeeper um, and access those systems. I guess with our initiative with you guys and and, and in the Unipass the and piece, um it's about that chart. You know, people have a lot of portals. I think 118 statistically. So you could suggest well. Are you going to log on to all those places with 118 inboxes, or do we create one secure one which is yours? You know, and, and so said so there's a there's a theme that runs all the way through that. And 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 is Unipass a a, a piece a, a piece of your technology that persists through some, the other areas, the hub and pension transfer uh, yeah
0: side sort of thing? Actually, so certainly on Unipass mailwalk; it, it's uh you know a core part of that. You know, it, it would be well, no doubt we'll come on to that, but you know, it would have been wrong if, if there was a convoluted process to you know yeah. to, to work out if it really was a, an advisor or not that was receiving or sending in an email so the corporate that it is used in the hub so to authenticate um mm. you know it's, it's the right person um we actually we actually see unipass as a brand unipass identity yeah. the product unipass may look like another product um it's um it's Is it used on that? I don't know if it's used on letter of a letter of authority process. Certainly, it's a Unipass letter of authority, but we're just using the gram. The financial advisor will use Unipass identity to log in to that system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes a lot of
1: sense.
0: It's like our customers use it embedded as part of their journey. It would
1: be great. There was a consumer version of that. My God, you know, and I know everyone's still striving towards that. So, there, um, there. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, in terms of the challenges, you mentioned letter of authority there, and I know I attended recently an event where well, I think he won an award for that piece of tech innovation. I know Matt Matt Noble um, stood up did a great presentation and and and, and uh, justifiably so won an award. So, congratulations on that. It, which, where would you say the biggest challenges are for Arigo? I know you're doing a lot in dashboard space, and obviously that's been a long time coming. And you know, thankfully, things are moving in the right direction there. So, what's the biggest challenge Arigo is solving in the in the in the industry today? Uh, you know, with Maillock and without it. You know, beyond that, you know, what what are the areas you're focusing on?
0: It's funny. Sometimes I get asked, "Are we going to?" Um take our services abroad, you know, trade internationally, and it's actually not on our agenda, because, as you know, there is so much of our industry that's still paper-based and physical sector-based and things going through the post or rekeying that has to be done. It's incredible, actually. Um, mm. I, and I think we are further behind in our industry from the banks. I think the banks, with open banking, have sort of got their act together and all, you know, they're online banking as well, whereas I think the pensions, investments, industry, life industry is, is sort of catching up. So so really, our um, opportunities are around looking for other pain points, you know, broken processes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the authority one, it's just ridiculous.
1: The, mm. that, uh, it, seems, like, it seems so obvious that you want to have a centralised or, you know, solve yeah. that problem, maybe, but, you know.
0: I, I, I met a new financial advisor just a couple of years ago, maybe two and a bit years ago, and um, you know, literally turned up with ten really poorly photocopied bits of paper. And they hand wrote the the names of my existing pension companies, investment companies, and I think a life insurance policy. Sent them through the post, so there was ten stamps to be paid for. You know, and that's and that's you know it's so digital solution for that. That you know just makes yeah. it really quick secure and, and you know and, and digital and so on I mean unipass mail lock I mean it', it we'll know as consumers ourselves the amount of um sensitive information that gets sent through normal email it's just ridiculous or now this notion that oh it's okay I've, I've put a password on that file you know through an, an unsecure email uh, there was one um company I was dealing with that I was asking for a it's a transfer value actually for for one of my pensions when I was doing the the consolidation of all my pension pots. And uh, they said, um, I'll send you your, you know, your your documents. So it's a lot. I mean it was a fraudster's dream on that document, really. Big amount of money, reasonably big amount of money in as well. But I'll put a password on it, and the password will be your national insurance number.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you know, why don't you just tell the frontster, uh, the, the cyber criminal, my national insurance number? Up, you know why you go about it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and, and not just from a security perspective, um, you know, that's the reason that we've, we've teamed up for, for Unipass Maillock, but from our from an environmental perspective. Mm. You know, the- yeah, no, it,
1: it, it's mad, isn't it? we, we, when we've talked about this together. And we've seen some of the success stories of some of the adopters that are now moving more uh, into not just the advisor comms, but the end customer, and also trying to automate some of those outputs, because you quite rightly point out that, you know, the the ESG sort of agenda, um, aside from economics, you know, given the, the cycle we're in, you know, saving money is obviously going to be really key, addressing security, all those things, but actually trying to help digitize what should be a more digitised industry? Ironically, you know it feels, feels strange to even say that that yeah, you, you and I are from a technical background. You know everything we do is with that in mind, but, but it, that, those processes they still persist. Letter of authority, like you say, at last something actually happened to solve that that, yeah. that bottleneck.
0: But to so properly answer your question, this was our biggest challenge. Is it, it's almost like you think about our services; they're like a network. So you're on the one side, you've got. Sometimes it's the advisor, it might be for hub, it would be practice management software businesses, but on other you've got platforms and providers. By the very nature of doing industry-wide solutions, that network effect, you know, where the more people that join, the better for everybody, because you have created a network. That can sometimes be slow to begin with. That's probably our, our biggest kind of hurdle. So we're getting there now with 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 all our services, you know, that the early months can be hard yards uh, to, you know, someone's going to jump first.
1: Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So um, tell me a little bit more about, given this this whole thing is entitled Sense of Identity, not just because we want to, you know, get people up to date with what our guests are doing, but also because we want to meet the people behind it, which I think is really important. This is still a people industry, even though we're doing things remotely. Tell me about, you know, your background and how you came to join Origo, because I think that, you know, people would like to understand the experience of you know, uh, in, in, in the company, and obviously, under your new your new uh, ownership structure, you, you guys, um, you know, I and mean, we moved into different circles there. So, yeah, it'd be good to understand a bit more about that yeah. background.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I actually feel very blessed actually to, to be here. It's funny how like life just works out the way it works out. And it's uh, so, my my background before getting into pensions and investments, I, I was in banking. So the early parts of my career working for the surprise, surprise, the Scottish banks. So uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, Bank of Scotland, and then back to Royal Bank of Scotland, which was unusual in those days. Uh, very much um, proposition management, and uh, with more of a sort of sort of focus on led- the lending products, so hmm. c- credit cards and uh, loans and, and mortgages, a uh, little bit of savings. Uh, as well but mostly the sort of lending products Um, and I I loved that it was a great um, being a proposition manager it was great to get um, sort of end to end responsibility for for the product so not just the features or the price but the you know the customer service aspects of it the sales marketing aspects of it it was a great learning ground for me and I I really enjoyed that actually I I, I left um, Royal Bank of Scotland um, I thought, you know, let's do something else with my career. And I got an opportunity at Aviva, and I spent—I um, worked for again. I worked for Aviva twice as well. Actually, I spent five years the first time round. Um, initially in lending, so it was equity release. Um, looking after that proposition, still to actually work in any business that uh, the customer advocacy score was higher than for, for those customers. Um. Like, he is a, a great product. Not right for everybody, but for those people that it's running for, it's a great uh, option. Um, so I did that for, I think, maybe a couple of years. And then I got asked to um, take on a role as uh, sort of leading the pensions and investments business, the direct pensions mm-hmm. and stuff that was with IFAs. So I had to launch a platform, so the the be a platform. My team launched that. Look after the, the kind of back group, uh, all those billions of... of uh, pounds of pensions, investments, pipe, and so on. And I've never done that before, but again, it was brilliant learning for me. Um, I naively thought that the products would speak for themselves. <clears throat> this idea of having a sales team that would go out and sort of recommend, you know, it was, was kind of a new thing for me. I'd always been a direct-to-consumer and um, personal, you know, within retail banks. So again, great learning, um, you know, great experience to launch a platform, my lunch, um Great farming and great learning. Went to Friends Life for a bit.
1: Yeah, and, uh, the, and I remember we, our interactions way back then too. So, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been
0: a, a while. As I joked with um, Viva's uh, chief financial officer, you know, if you wanted me back, you didn't need to buy the whole business. You know, you, you could have just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was obviously keen. He was obviously keen. He didn't forget
0: it. <laughs> No, it was it 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 was 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 probably a, as a coincidence of leaving Aviva the first time around and then joining Friends Life. I think, it, you know, had Aviva not bought Friends Life, I probably might not have ended up here at Oracle because I, I yeah. might not have been considered uh, no. for the role. So it was just, a, um, I met a recruitment consultant, got approached and previous chief execs, yeah. tiling, huh. something I want to explore. Um, and I, I, you know, once I did my sort of due diligence on, on the business, and it was like many people those, you know, that, let's say five, six years ago, I, I only really knew how to go for transfers. I didn't yeah. know knew they were making noises about dashboards, um, mm. but I didn't know much more. So when I did my research, um, I thought, well, this is, this is the one for me. And I, I went on mm. with, with the process and, uh,
1: As I mean, and it's exciting. You talk about dashboard. I mean, I'd say it's exciting and you know quite um, flattering isn't it? that you, you know, you've secured a um, you know a relationship in part of the engineering that will be the dashboard because that's been a long time coming and and again long overdue. So hopefully the industry will now gain pace and pick up and move all those things along. What 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 are your thoughts in terms of the future? I mean, obviously from our perspective, you know, we're we, we continuing to see the malware proposition grow. Um, it was great we were we were delighted that you chose to partner with us i'd be interested to understand why that was But from obviously the drinking because we we share a uh, keen a keen ability to be able to do that but what about the future what how do you think things are going to evolve over the next five years because you know we're, 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 we've we're seen a huge amount of change in appetite for digital covid probably has accelerated that i'm not entirely convinced companies necessarily move at the pace that you'd think they should do because of the impacts and the changes in in, in, in consumer behaviour because of COVID. But how do you think the next five years looks in terms of evolution
0: of those things? Yeah, so I think think we'll see a lot more um, digital solutions for for things. I think consumer duties actually, um, um, you know, it's big projects amongst providers and platforms and so on. So I think it's a really, really positive thing. And I think it will act as a catalyst for more Streamlined and digital solutions that you know to takes away some of the opportunities for error or risks or things taking taking long. So that that should be beneficial for, for us as a business. You know, who wants to build digital solutions? Mm-hmm. Um, no, doubt. I I actually think that as as um, as the population if you like gets older and it's the next generation coming through. I think that generation are ex- just expecting more things to be digital. You know, they, they yeah. thought my, well, my oldest, what's she now, 21, she's grown up with, you know, delivery Uber, you know, yeah. in the mix. I remember first got Delivery, you and I were out for a meal and they were just old enough to look after themselves for a little bit. And I got this these three text messages. They had set up delivery and ordered three different meals from three, three different restaurants. And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just sort of, it. nice. world's changed
1: (laughs) i mean is that what you think i sort of missed slightly there but i think it probably is a good segue so is that why this is important to advisors and product providers because the consumers they're dealing with their expectations are now so much more uh technically focused so you know the the ability to protect and prove that you know is, is that why you think that there might be a greater impetus
0: I think so. I think there's two themes there. I think there's two expectations which are growing amongst consumers and end, end customers, which is, one is that's odd it's that sort of, you know, you meet a new financial advisor, it's not really reasonable to say I'll be back in touch in six weeks once I've got all the paperwork from your existing yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that, um, I think it's a growing um, view that consumers are waking up to the fact that their data is really important and it's their data, not the not their companies that they deal with data. So it yeah. needs to be secured and it needs you know it needs to do what they want it to do. Yeah. And yeah. Well. So I think those two themes are, are really relevant for, for for what both our organizations do.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And I think I think there's a I mean I think your, your example is brilliant there because you know service expectations, you know, for me you know, if something doesn't work quickly, uh, I lose interest really quick. I'm not a patient consumer. I, I don't think I'm unusual in that. And, and the other thing is the expectation of pace in yeah. anything. You know, you, all of the services that include the ones that we work on together are about are not just about meeting obligations. You know, it's not about ticking a regulatory box. It's about can use on this technology... Be simple. You know, can you simply use something that helps you do things quicker, more efficient, and in a way your customers just demand? Yeah. So it, it, it feels like you know, as I say, both organisations are very wedded to that. I Maybe mean, we spent a lot of time doing together when we were first looking about the integration and how Marlog would work with Unipass, and all those things. Laboring over the work, it it just has to work out of the box very simply. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and and the letter of authority one you mentioned before again
0: it's it's just it's just going to be easy isn't it you know otherwise it won't be used easier it's going to be cheaper than the stamp you know the bits letter authority but yeah I mean that's you know that's why it's been designed so it just plugs into Outlook it just it, it just looks and feels like you're using Outlook but with the peace of mind that it's absolutely secure you know it's been sent to the right person you can recall it and it, you know, it makes it un- unopenable by the person you've sent it to. So, but it, but it's but it, you know, had it been, and I think it's just a, it's like a two click sign up. Yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. I'm very very it, it has to be. And there's no instructions manual because you don't need it.
1: No, no, no. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's been really interesting. I, I always like to finish on something a bit more personal because some of the most, um, uh, well, profound statements I've in out of these sessions, are. And when people get a chance to think about their past and um, and advice they would give, I always ask the question: What advice would you give to your younger self, career wise and otherwise? Is there is there there anything that you know? Maybe not one thing, but you know, any words of wisdom you can share.
0: (laughs) One was was funny one that I can think of is I would have said if you if you visit Mexico, don't have the clams on the first night. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was before the pandemic and I, I literally spent 10 days in bed. So that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's good. If I think back to sort of the middle part of my career, I mean, I, I used to be somebody that um, got quite stressed about stuff. That stuff I would dwell on things I would worry about stuff and you know I could feel the adrenaline sort of pumping up in me and I just I just thought that, that was there was something wrong with me and I was maybe not well equipped with all that kind of stuff people were better than me at dealing with that sort of stuff and and I, it was when about that been maybe about 15 years ago I, I actually discovered how the brain works and what stress is so fight or flight response and then uh, mindfulness as a way of just relaxing about things, that for the last, it took a couple of years to kind of master it. But probably for the last maybe thirteen years, I've I've actually been like really, really calm, and uh-huh. it's been really beneficial for me personally and for my uh, my business life and my sort of family life as well. so that, that it would have been best to my younger self would have been at the very start of your career, learn yeah. that. And make sure you look after yourself, and that you're giving your brain a little break, and, and that things aren't really um, as bad as they might seem. Because it, my first half of my career might be not a lot easier, actually. So probably that would be the, the one bit of advice. Yeah. We, we underestimate the the power of the of the brain, and I think that most people are pretty intelligent. But I think what what maybe holds a lot of people back is the the resilience to you know this crazy world that we live in and the, yeah this environment so i would have learned that sooner uh, yeah
1: no no, that's a, it's a good one and I, I have a suspicion at some point i hope sam my colleague usually is the one that does all the clever editing around this stuff we'll post together so far every person has come up with a, you know the, the good words words of wisdom if you're sitting together and get someone to listen yeah, to okay. those alone there's this there's good lesson so uh, that's that's really useful fantastic listen I think I think um, you know probably given where we're up to we've been talking for long enough now but um, thanks so much for agreeing to join in, in with our podcast I hope uh, the listeners have got a bit more under the skin not only of Origo but of Anthony uh, Rafferty um, and uh, yeah thank you very much for, for coming along. that
0: has been a pleasure I've enjoyed it thank you
1: do Anthony thank